Well, I reckon it's about time to introduce you to another retcon. Yeehaw! You know what time it is? Retcon Wranglers! Welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. My name's Alicia. And I'm Justin. (laughs) And we will no longer be talking in those accents for the rest of the episode. Yeah, but once we stop recording, that's all I'll be talking. Oh, great. So here we are, Mm. Retcon Wrangling. Retcon Wrangling. We just just came off of giant-sized X-Men and now... They were not giant. They were not giant, and they were X-Men. X-Men. <laughs> so today we're talking about X-Men Deadly Genesis. Deadly Genesis from 2005. 2005. Just after M-Day. Just after M-Day. So... No more mutants. Sorry, Wanda. Wanda. So in this episode, um, since Deadly Genesis is a six-issue mini-series, instead of going through the page-by-page, we're going to go through kind of issue-by-issue and surprise, I've read it. What? What's happening to me? I've been reading comics like a regular old comic book reader. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. All right. All right. So shall we dive in? I think we shall. Page turn noise. So we got our cover just off the bat, and it looks kind of familiar to our giant-sized X-Men cover. Yes, it Kind does. of. Kind of, except everybody's like... Skeletal zombies. Zombie skeletors, which I'm into. Yeah. So these covers are all done by Mark Silvestri, who we met at Comic-Con. Oh, we did. Yeah. He was, he was actually a really cool guy. Uh, awesome. Really nice to talk to you. Got a handful of autographs from the Inferno days. Ah, yes. The Inferno days. But this is uh, written by Ed Brubaker with art by Trevor Hersen. And I don't have the full... It's not, it's not in the issues. So I don't have the full uh, creative team right here. I think it might be somewhere at the end. So Yeah. We could circle back. We'll circle back. We'll tell you all the rest, but that, that's enough to get you going. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this. I'm ready. Uh, First page. First page. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, sentinels. You know, and this is Beast brings up a great point. M Day just happened. Scarlet Witch has taken away the powers of about a million mutants. Crazy. But where he asks, does that energy go? I love that. I I wrote that down. <laughs> I said, <laughs> Hank talking about energy and where it went. I can dig it. Yeah, and and. Throughout this entire series, we don't really know. You know, this is a a big unfolding mystery where we go from the mansion out into space and just kind of a scene of destruction as this energy seems to awaken someone. Awaken. And there's like... They're mad. (laughs) There's So we're in space and we're in space and there's a, a spaceship... And a guy or a person floating around. And, you know, I was, when I was reading this and I was taking notes, my notes are like, I am highly confused. Who is the prospect? What's happening in this spaceship? Why are they upset? And then it all just kind of comes down to the fact that basically this being, TBD, we don't yet know who it is, has hijacked this spaceship and is now taking it. 
to mm-hmm. earth mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so you never know who prospect is or what's going on with these nasa people in this spaceship they're just innocent bystanders who get just destroyed by our mystery mutant our mystery mutant who's also very surprised by what year is it pulling a jumanji <laughs> what it's the 21st century no how could they <laughs> we're back in the mansion and we're reminiscing you know we're looking at those giant sized days those regular sized days, I'm sorry. Those regular sized days. I love that. That it's just like night crawlers just looking longingly at pictures and Yeah. I do you know, it's interesting. He says um something about this is the first time we've all been here in the mansion together like this since you know Those early days. Those early days. And it's you know, one of those moments that again is really human and really relatable where mm. A tragedy has happened and you are now forced to to like Grieve be centered and, yeah. with like just the, the main people like your family or just a select group of people and how sometimes in the wake of a tragedy you get the opportunity to realize what you do have and I think that's a nice character moment for Nightcrawler to be having that moment of like yeah this is this is a bittersweet, you know, but at least yeah. we're here together. Yeah. And we're reminiscing, you know, we're talking about those days where Professor Xavier found these new mutants, this this generation, this giant-sized team, the second Genesis team. And we're, we don't know where the professor is. Yeah, that. There's some that presumptions. Was I was like, Charles is missing? Presumptions that he might be dead. That's crazy. Because so when, when you're reading this, like back in 2005... If you if you're like okay, M Day just happened and now Charles isn't here, you must be like panicking a little bit. If you're the X Men, yeah, probably. I mean, you know, Charles disappears throughout X history. I gotta say, <laughs> and this may this may cause, uh, I don't know, some backlash to come my way. But after reading this series, I don't. I have a little less of a a. A love, a little less love for Charles Xavier. Good. I, I'm starting to not like him. He's not a great guy. He's kind of terrible. Professor Xavier is a jerk. Yes. Wasn't that was that Kitty who yes. said that? Yes, Kitty. And another reason why I relate to Kitty Pryde. There are a number of ways. You know, I I tried to keep the facade as long as I could, but no, Charles is. Kind of a terrible person who manipulates people to get the things that he wants and to do the things that he wants. And especially apparent in this miniseries. That was hard for me. Like when I got to the end, I didn't really want to say it out loud as I was, but I was sitting next to you on the couch and like, that's kind of what I thought. Like after reading this, "Mm, I don't really like you anymore, Charles. No. (laughs) But anyway, we'll get there. We'll get there. But we're in Cerebra. Cerebra. With Lockheed and Kitty Pride, Emma Frost. So first of all, Emma using Cerebro or Cerebra, which yeah. I was like, really, we, are we calling it Cerebra because she's a lady? But... No, it's the next evolution of Cerebro. And it, this actually comes out of or off of the new X-Men storyline, which will be one of our seminal moments. Ooh. But yeah, so they're they're looking for Charles with Cerebra. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what's going on, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly. And I just think it's awesome that Emma is using it and then oh man major power surge because this shuttle is coming or she she just sees it like in her mind 
Yeah. She doesn't see it for realsy reals. And it's not just the shuttle. It's an, a mutant signature connected to that shuttle. Can't get a lock on it. It's off the charts, at least Omega level. Okay. What is that? Oh, blah, 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 blah. So, as I've said before, yep. I... I uh, I need our podcast as well, right? Yes, sir. So I usually listen to the episodes once we put them up as a refresher. Okay, boom, boom, bank this in your mind. Now, I'm just going to say this, and we can come back to it near the end of this episode, but in Giant Size, Mm -hmm. we are talking about, there's a moment where you mentioned that, that there's this very powerful, very unexpected mutant signature that Mm -hmm. is what is being recognized and pulling them to Krakoa. Yep. And for those of you who know how this story ends, this whole thing makes me think, okay, hmm, how Mm. how does that tie in this big like right now they're getting this big surge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So anyway, yeah, just just, something I thought of. Just the various mutant energies and how that kind of trips up or or signals off. Yeah. Yeah. So Emma is brain fried basically from Cerebra from this reading gets taken to the infirmary area of the mansion and we send a team out to go investigate. Now, as you mentioned at the beginning, there's sentinels that are surveilling the mansion. So they can't just they can't just up and leave whenever they want. So I, I love this sequence. And even though it's Scott that came up with this idea with Hank. Yeah, 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 whatever. I think it's pretty genius. It is pretty cool. How they've now found a way to get away from the Sentinel and do the thing that they want to do. They want to investigate this crash site, this NASA space shuttle that's crashed in upstate New York, yeah. which is pretty far from Houston, yeah. <laughs> from Texas. It's, yeah. And just like going back to that, just this idea that Sentinel technology is tracking their heat signature yep. so he's like well we're just gonna send a bunch of random heat signatures and you're not gonna know which one to follow that that was cool yeah i will give it to him that was cool um and, and then we have rachel yep and she's up in here oh yeah and i was like and we know rachel from both x-men number one and we haven't actually released the episodes but we have gone through days of future past yes so i was like a little bit weirded out why Rachel is calling Scott Scott because yep. I was like isn't that her dad kind of yes so it's it's her dad from another timeline so yeah, her is- father is Scott Summers her mother is Jean Grey but they're not necessarily this Scott Summers and Jean Grey okay. she comes from a timeline where the Phoenix Force actually merged with Jean Grey rather than what was the long retcon of the Phoenix and the Dark Phoenix saga. Hmm. Which is that she was replaced and cocooned in the deep of Jamaica Plain or the the bay and yeah. We'll get there one day. <laughs> we'll get there one day. All right. So we so they distract the sentinel and, and we're back in the mansion and there's some spooky scaries going around. There's people seeing some stuff. Not only Kitty in the bathroom with zombie looking Peter but then Kurt out on the grounds as he starts to see basically what he was reminiscing about this mob, yes. this angry mob. You know what I, I want to do is I want to uh, take a look at the giant size panel mm-hmm. where the mob is chasing him and just like because. See if there's familiar faces. Yeah, see if it's like familiar or. 
Well, I love how they say, kill the beast. Yeah, we were just talking about that the other day. Beauty and the Beast. That is very Beauty and the Beast and how they don't have a guest on. Sorry. Yeah. And so he, he is driven crazy by this and then almost comes to to see that nothing's around him. It's like not real, which is super drippy. So then Cyclops and Rachel and Wolverine get to this crash site, which is crazy unlike anything they've ever seen. And, you know, they're trying to figure out, like, what's what? What's going on? What did this? Are there people alive? You know, who crashed? Because it's a NASA spaceship, so you would imagine that there would be, like, human astronauts in there, but... um, Nope. Nope. But we're not going to find that out right now. We're on Muir Island as Beast is talking to Sean Cassidy Banshee, another recruit from the Giant Size team. And he's also having some some spooky, scary ghost stories. So, does Sean and Mo- are Sean and Moira a thing? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, laddie. Yeah, because I Moira. Know, he's seeing Moira's ghost, and he's like talking about how he misses her. And yeah, I, yeah. at first, I was like, I don't know who Sean is. It's not till later, maybe even in an, an, another issue of this series, that. He's like on a plane and then it's like, we're going to pick up Banshee. And I was like, oh, Sean is Banshee. Okay, yes. cool. <laughs> I just thought he was just some dude that was in love with Moira. Yeah. So, and then we're back at the, that crash site after a little bit of just that, you know, ghosts. And it seems like there's a lot of ghosts. Everybody's seeing ghosts. Everybody's seeing ghosts. And boom, the ghost of Jean. The ghost of Jean Grey. And it's interesting in this moment too, because a lot of the people who are seeing these ghosts are thinking that they're real at first. Right. And Rachel is like, Jean slash mom. And Scott, well, Wolverine first, I think, is like, that's not Jean. Right. That's not Jean. I know her scent. Yeah. He's like, I smell her. And that's not Jean. And then Cyclops is like, I know. And it's like, okay, so you two, you two are up on it. You two know. But poor Rachel has no idea. When I feel like that's almost like the, the desperation of potentially seeing your mother figure right in front of you right you know as someone that's come from a destroyed future yeah and so then when this mystery mutant appears Mm. i'm not going to say who he is right now in case somebody just is checking it out doesn't doesn't want the spoiler till the end but is this the first appearance of this character yes okay so it's not like someone would see this and go oh snap i know who that is oh that's totally that dude Oh my god! I thought you were just gonna say, it and I was about to get so. Mad. I was like, I, <laughs> I just went through this said. whole thing. I just said. And we're back on Muir Island, chasing spirits to a secret room, and we kind of go back and forth between Muir Island and this cave as there's this showdown with this Omega Level Plus mutant, and Omega Plus. The the X Men are totally taken down. You know, Scott's eye beams are able to be manipulated and just completely thrown off he like freezes or like pauses rachel's brain yep and then just like takes wolverine down yeah and and scott has no idea who he is but this guy knows who scott is yes ah scott at least you haven't changed how do you know my name dun 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 you don't remember me that's just spelled perfect looks like we've got a use for the girl after all it's crazy yeah and then there's this. Then we're back on the island, Muir Island, and there's this this tape. Yeah. That uh, Sean Moira, is watching. And Moira's doing a confessional, but you need to remember what a t- 
total and utter bastard Charles Xavier really is. Yes, he really is. He really is. He really is. And then we kind of get, we're, we're left on a cliffhanger, first issue. You know, Wolverine wakes up, there's nobody else around him. He's naked. He's naked. He butt Where naked. did his costume go? It burnt off. Oh, I see. Oh, there's our creative team. Ed Brubaker as our writer. Trevor Harrison as our penciler. Chris Justice as our inker. Val Staples, color. Dave Lanthier as letterer. And our editorial team. And then the issue ends, and then we get this little mini issue. A little mini intro. About this girl named Petra. Petra. And let me just give you a quick rundown about Petra, okay? She ends up being homeless because she's on a trip with her family, and there's an avalanche, and somehow all of her family dies except her. And she is homeless and she's living her life. And then, well, first she goes to a couple of foster families and she has this like really terrible foster father. And she ends up sinking him into the ground because she uh, apparently has mutant powers but mm. doesn't know how to control them. Mm-mm. So then she goes and she lives in this little cave in Central Park and she's, you know, struggling. And then she's like, whoa, look at me. I can make diamond, I can make rocks into diamonds and I can get some money. And. Then she ends up getting arrested, and then all of a sudden she is taken away by some woman. Mystery. Someone is here to take Guess they have a soft spot for kids like you. Like me? Oh, come on, honey. You know what I mean. And then, boom, issue's really over. Issue's really over. And then we go... Deadly Genesis number two. And this, this has Cyclops and this mystery mutant fighting each other. And it's crazy. Like, yeah. this image is crazy. It's Cyclops intense. is blasting him right in the face, and he just has, like, instant face shield. Yeah. Yeah. On our first couple pages, we're doing a jailbreak. Uh, we don't actually know this at first. We think that it's seemingly all all kosher with Kitty and Beast visiting this army base, the, the temporary Air Force encampment in the Adirondacks. But turns out later on that they're actually breaking Wolverine out with Emma being able to disguise her presence on the Blackbird from the Sentinels, which yes. I think is super cool. I think that's super cool. I wrote that too. I think that that's awesome. And I, but it's funny to me that she's like, yeah, well, I could cloak myself from the Sentinels because the Sentinels are operated by a man now and there's people mm-hmm. in them. Mm-hmm. So they didn't used to be operated by people. Nope. So why would they take this thing that's a machine that can go out and get destroyed and no human could get hurt and then decide to put a person inside it? Well, you get more ability to control and and have more specific instincts kind of like why did the Galactic Federation go from droids to stormtroopers, you know? You... <laughs> because stormtroopers are funny. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes they are. And we All wake right, up. So we wake now up. We're back on the island. Scott. Scott and Rachel are. Scott like, and Rachel. They're. They're. How are they even tied to this this weird thing? They're like part of this block wall. Thing yeah. They're like chained to or whatever. Mystery, mystery. What's interesting is that this panel where you see them um, on these two. I don't know what you slabs. Would, yeah, these two slabs and. The two slabs are facing each other, and it looks like they kind of come together to compress something. Hmm. And so when I when I saw that image at first, I was like, uh-oh, what's going to happen here? Squish! There's going to be some weird torture happening. And that last panel on the... Oh, yeah, yeah. You can see on that second page, the little contraptions that they're on looks like that would crush something yeah, in between would, them. Yeah, they would crush together. 
Uh, but that last panel on that page, you're not wearing your visor. And he's like, oh, what? My, my eyes got wide. My eyes, my special eyes. My brand. My brand. You know, Havoc, back of the mansion, is just mouthing off about why we're not looking for these people. He's so he's so upset. And it's like, dude, they're trying to fix the thing to find the people. Like, he's, give them a second. You know, he's an emotional guy. It's yeah. That's his brother. My brother is missing. And, and time displaced niece. <laughs> yeah, weird. He gets real upset, and then he storms off. And Beast tells him off. He's just like, I gotta go. And then he's seeing this ghost, ghost form. G- ghost form. Ghost infidelity. Yeah, it's like uh, Polaris and Bobby are like making out in the hallway, and just like, okay, here we go. Let's just make Havoc a little bit more angry. Let's show him this thing. Yeah. And just, he gets mad at Kurt. He can't get mad at Kurt. Kurt's just trying to be a nice guy. He's just trying to help you. And We're back to these two who are trapped. And here. we feel the psychic remnants of Professor Xavier. He was here. Now, our characters, Scott and Rachel, they don't know where here is. They, they just yeah. maybe kind of recognize I it at first. That I might have been here. Was here. What does that mean? And they're also trying to figure out. You know, like, why, who this guy? why are they here? Who is this guy? How did he say that he knows you? Yeah. And then, boom, out of the shadows comes the mystery mutant. Mystery mutant with these glowing yellow eyes. And he has, you know, a little a little one-on-one, a little conversation. And talking about how, why, why are my powers gone? What's the point of any imprisonment? I love his little talk to the hand panel. Yeah. Where, you know, Scott's asking questions and he just turns his head in his cloak, puts up his hand and he's like. I didn't "Mm -hmm." say I'd answer questions. No, no questions. No, no, no. I'm the one with the questions. Well, so he thinks he killed Wolverine, which means he's got no idea who he is, but he knows me, which is interesting. I love that. I love that he thinks he killed Wolverine. Right. Because, ha, 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 you did not. You can't kill Wolverine. I mean, yes, you can sometimes, but... It takes a lot. It takes a lot. So now we're back and Sean... Sean Cassidy. talking to Nightcrawler or Kurt, if we're using first names. First he's... Sean and Kurt are are talking about this plan to... And the files uh, that Sean's found. Yeah, the files that, that he found and that he's like... Basically, Sean's like, I'm coming to you with this, and here's my entire plan. This is where I'm going to be. This is when I'm going to be there. And then Mystery Mutant is listening in on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, Kurt and Logan, firsties, firsties, are going to meet up with Sean at the airport. And they're having this conversation back and forth. Up. Yeah, you know. And they're talking about seeing ghosts, you know, seeing things. And Wolverine says, we saw Gene. Or we saw Genie is what she, what he says. What? 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 So, yeah. And I think it's cool that it's Nightcrawler that's having this conversation because he's viewing them all as like omens and mm-hmm. signs. Right. And, you know, everyone else is a little bit like, this is weird. I'm just going, going crazy. On? And he's like, red alert, red yeah, alert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This cannot be good. And so they're waiting for the plane, and then as they're on the plane, something's careening towards the plane that Sean's on, and he's just, all right, well, what's going on? I I need to I need to save them. This this plane full of people. I need to stop this. Blackbird is going to crash into this plane. So yeah, he, yeah, that moment when Kurt's like, "That's the Blackbird." Yeah, like this ain't just any old aircraft coming towards this passenger plane. It's the Blackbird. It's the X Men's. Jet. Jet, yeah. SR-71 Blackbird. 
explosion. So, and- yeah, so Banshee's like, all right, I'm going to take care of this. And then all of a sudden just... Yeah, that smash, shock of boom, terror. bang, explosion. Yeah. My notes say, first it says, Sean is Banshee? Because this is when I realized. Gotcha. And then I go, oh, dear, explosion <laughs> of death. Sean, it's crispy. Oh, no. And then Kurt does a, Kurt does a gene, but for scene. <laughs> and we got our second... Uh, these these will actually come with each of the issues, each of the first five issues. Little little intro story. We have Darwin, the evolving boy, and a little. You know, this this one's emotional. This one's heavy. Yeah, this you is know? rough. You know, yeah. It, this this kid has had a terrible life, a terrible backstory. His and, dad leaves. Yeah, and his, and mom's his mom just like, is it's just your fault. Yeah, the word, how excited she is that they're going to take her son to this school and yeah, so, oh will you pay me for it so darwin like he grows up he he doesn't really know like that he has mutant powers nobody really knows what his ability is and then he's just super smart yeah and and bald and bald and so yeah that moment when his mom's like oh is someone gonna pay me to take my kid to a boarding school so he she ships him off to this boarding and, school and just how happy he is to see her happy it's like know, he's it's such a genuinely nice guy and and just so unaware of really what terrible things are going through her mind to finally be rid of the son that's ruined her life, supposedly. Yeah, so then he goes to the school, and he gets bullied at school, and then the kids are holding his head in the toilet, and he realizes... You know who Darwin is, right? Actually, this this shot in particular where he puts his head into the toilet bowl and grows gills from X-Men First Class. Oh, yeah. It's Darwin. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Light bulbs are going off in my head right now. I knew when I read this, I was like, I've heard of Darwin, but I couldn't place it. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So then all of a sudden he's like, oh, hold on. And then his fists turn to rocks and then he just beats those dudes who are bullying him. Yeah. He takes them down and then he ends up going home and his house catches on fire and he saves his mom and he comes out without a scratch on him. So experiments are being done on him and he try he's he's ready to give up he tries to kill himself and he can't even do that he like bounces off the ground and then he he too is approached with well there's this woman here to see you and we're taking they're taking you away Mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. boom issue over Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. number three number three which Wow, what a creepy cover. So cr- Who is he holding? Is that himself? I think that's Sean. Oh no, Sean. Boy. But also he was suppo- he was wearing his uniform mm. when he died. Uh-oh, continuity issues. Mark, mark. Uh so Wolverine's trying to get ahead of what just happened. Trying to tell Beast, hey, some bad's coming your way. Yeah. Uh the Blackbird just maybe killed a bunch of people on a plane. Uh, so, so watch out because people are going to think that was us. Yeah, and they do already. And there's a bunch of sentinels there. Attention mutants of the Xavier Institute by order of the Office of National Emergency. This facility is now under lockdown. Do not attempt to leave. I love the way uh, sentinel dialogue is like in this very uh, technologically looking mm all caps text in their boxes their word bubbles are always square yeah and it just like every time i read it all i can hear is the halt, halt mutant halt, mutant action figure like giant action figure robotic voice yeah so he's not he's not getting anywhere he's not getting out and and then we go back to logan 
and better suit up we got work to do we got stuff to do and then boom we're back on the island with scott and rachel so we we have like a handful of locations and we're we're switching pretty quickly between them and i'm not even mad about it right because i mean i feel like because we did a decent amount of setup in that first issue or two and we're not introducing new locations right yeah relatively they are and they're all within the same timeline (laughs) for now for now we're back in this mystery space I don't know. Yeah, this this mystery space and there's a guy, this mystery mutant, he's like I'm I'm you're only experiencing things or you're only sensing things or things are only happening because I'm I letting want it them happen. to happen. And so he wants some information from Rachel. Yep. Or he wants to use Rachel's he brain. He wants to use Rachel. To gather some information. Yes. So he sort of like, quote unquote, sets her free from <laughs> her binding. And he's like, I don't know, he's like sucking her brainwaves out of her face. Yeah. And this line that will resonate later on, Scott says, she's just a kid. We were all kids once. Now shut up or I will hurt her. Okay. <laughs> Yikes. And we're and back at the Xavier Institute. And just Emma's not having it. Uh, so we're to be treated as terrorists now? Is that, we've got no rights? Just mouthing off to these she, security she's guards. She's just super mad at these people. And she's she's just had enough of them. And clearly so has Havoc because he's just walking the halls. Just like, brooding. I'm not, the authorities are here, but I'm not paying any attention to them. Which also, you know, like there's clearly a handful of guns trained on him, but he just like, yeah, I'm done with this. Yeah, I'm going to go check it. out the office and listen to some ghosts talk. Yeah. And so then it's like, oh, hold up one second. There's your dad. Yeah. And this and conversation. X, and they're talking. Yeah. About how similar Corsair's cerebral structure is to Scott's. Yes. Yes. And so, and so you're when you first you're like, why? Why is this guy here? What's going on? Yeah. Don't don't tell him you can't you can't go in their life. Uh Lorna, Lorna's here. Polaris. For real this time. For real, yeah. And then what then, is this thing about? Then it hasn't happened to you. I just hope the others are lucky. And then we cut to a couple of others that are seeing what well, we see Bobby, we see Piotr, and then we see Rachel in these three panels on this next page with this mutant's hand on her on her head so something maybe There's connecting some connection yeah you're like unsure of what it is but then we're back in in the main room and of the the mansion and beast and emma are still trying to negotiate with these people they're still trying to say listen we didn't do anything. And but then, boom. Kitty's got an ace up Kitty, her sleeve. Kitty comes in and she's like, um, hello, I oh. filed a report about a missing jet. I told you it wasn't us. And then it's like, oh, they see the report and they're like, oh, oh, sorry for the mistake. Gotta go. Yeah. Later. We're lucky they're not taking us all the way in shackles, Kitty. Yeah. And, and we're back on that. What? I love how Emma is like, oh, good job with that. Like, she thinks that Kitty just like made that up or like came up with that on the spot to save right. them. And Kitty's like. No, no. No, I'm, really, I'm, I'm responsible. I really filed a report. It's been my character growth slowly to mature throughout this entire time. <laughs> so we're back at that crash site. We've got Logan. We've got Kurt. And we are just investigating what's happening just around here. looking for a sign of hope and there's yeah. no hope. Or, or maybe, you know, trying to find what it was that Sean had, what he was carrying to them. Yeah. 
yeah, they need to find that thing that he was bringing. So they're like, okay, recon mission. And I, I love this whole thing because basically Wolverine's like, I'll take care of all these soldiers and he, he they won't even hear me. And yeah. he just keeps appearing out of the darkness and just like taking them down, taking them down, taking not, them down. Not murdering him. No, he's yeah. actually just kind of knocking yeah, them out, which he's, I was surprised he's, by. He's a nice guy. He wasn't killing anyone. Yeah. Did not seem normal to and me. And we've, we've made a discovery. We've, we've found Sean and it's not, it doesn't look good. No, it does not look good. But back to Rachel. Back to Rachel. Which, you know. She's super mad at the yeah, guy. Because she's starting to piece together what's happening to her, what's being done to her and how it's affecting right, potentially other people. So, so she's saying he was inside her brain. Yeah. And yeah. like manipulating using her connection. Yeah. Manipulating her powers. Which is crazy. Yeah. She started it, Scott. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she gets all mad and then he like throws her and Scott's just not having it. He's like, leave her alone! And further in our investigation, we find the files from Muir Island. The file from Muir Isle. And it's just this little, little briefcase and they're like, all right, gotta... Yeah, this little briefcase that is completely undamaged. It's perfect. It's like the black box of a crash, right? Yep, yep, still says Muir Island, so you know that this is the briefcase you want. Perfectly intact and we're... This is, I think, where she's telling... Uh, so we're back on the island, and this is where uh, Rachel's telling Scott about what's going on. But she was like, so he was in my brain, but while he was in my brain, I was able to get into his brain a yeah. little bit. And that's he's, when she's saying... He's got a severed mental link to the professor, an yes. old one, but he knew the professor, Scott. He trained with him. She's like, listen, Scott, this guy knew the professor, and I can't... I don't recall if it has happened yet but it might have i think it's in this issue where the guy the mystery mutant says to scott like yeah you've been here before Mm -hmm. you've just never been in the basement and you know rachel's like okay you've been here he knows you he knows the professor like how do you not know him like think she's piecing it together and he almost seems like he's refusing to acknowledge these truths and so we go back and now beast and wolverine are listening to they're watching this video and Moira starts to to give you the goods, and she just basically says the last line. And God help me. And God help me. I gave him my own, just <coughs> children, bloody children, and he got them all killed. No. No. And then it ends. To be continued. Now, Sway, our our third backup story. Sway. Sway. You had some words about Sway. It's just like Sway is just Tempest. Sway is Tempest, sure. I mean, I mean but yes in a different no. way. Yeah. So, and also introduced before Tempest. Yes, that's true. So Sway. It's the awakening of her mutant power. It is interesting kind of how it how it happens because so she's on these the streets of Chinatown with her parents and then they get in the middle of this gang gun violence and her parents are shot to death and she just has no not a scratch on her and everyone's trying to figure out like what that could be how that could possibly happen and they keep her like to monitor her and to figure it out and they're like all she does is cry and sleep and it's like yeah of course all she does is cry and sleep her parents are just murdered right in front of her her. and she's trying to figure out what's going on and then all of a sudden she kind of has this this ability to to see the ghosts of her parents or yeah. like similar to all these other ghosts that everyone else is seeing. Mm. 
she has this like vision of the past, recounts what happens and realizes that she like somehow she held sway over time. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. And so she's like what do I do? I don't know. She starts from from this, she can see the car, right, in her little like weird zombie image holograms. She can see the car of the people who shot her parents so she starts chasing this ghost car down the street which takes her to the house of the people who killed her parents and then she calls the authorities and you know then hello here we go again another person is like there's this woman but now boom it's revealed so i think the first time they just say there's somebody here there's, for you. there's somebody the that second wants time to they you. say it's a lady the third time it's boom, lady moira you see it's moira have you heard of the X-Men? And then we get to number four. Issue four. And I love this cover because this is this just looks like an X-Men team. Okay. Number four. Here we go. Seeing these characters in what looks like X-Men uniforms. Yeah. What's interesting, though, is when I first look at them, like Sway is recognizable and Darwin is recognizable, but I wouldn't necessarily know that that's Petra. Yeah. And then... You're like, okay, and there's the mystery mutant, and yeah. he's just chilling, and he's he wearing looks, an X Men belt. He looks very happy, like he doesn't seem upset ha- at all. Happy? Well, not like okay, Stoic. he looks like Determined. he's just chilling. He yeah. doesn't look like I'm an evil villain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's just an empty wheelchair, and like Professor X's glooming face in the background. Oh, and I'm just noticing he has an X in one of his eyeballs. Mm. That's interesting. All right, so here we go. Getting into it. We're back in the past. In the past. My favorite place to be. Charles has arrived at Moira's house, telling her to wake up telepathically as he in arrives. In the middle of the night, he's yeah. like, hey. Imagine imagine that. Like you sleep in. Like, hey, wake up. I'm outside. Like, no. No, come on. Startling. Hey, wake up. Come outside. All right, so he wakes her up and he's. He's just, he's just distraught. He's very upset. And he's talking about how he's made a mistake. She's trying to calm him down, but my link to Jean cut out. I've, I've never experienced anything like it, Moira. It was like someone cut a string inside my mind that I didn't know had been holding everything together. You have to help me. I have to save them. Dun, dun, dun. You're like, what, are, what, are, what is he talking about? What could he possibly be referring to? And then, ba-bam, cut back to the present day and Moira and her little tape. Mm-hmm. This is disturbing. Yeah. Beast is very, like, very upset. She's talking about the Krakoa incident. Was she not? Kurt, you've been there the whole time? Yeah, well, you know, I'm chilling here. He's just hanging out on the ceiling. Yeah, yeah, I've been listening the whole time. So the Krakoa incident, as in the giant size incident, or the pre-giant size incident, where they... I think so, right? So Yeah, that's what it seems. The link with Gene. Having lost the link with all of the original. that But to our knowledge, is this up until this point, is that the only time Krakoa, like between, what was that, 1970-something yep. and 2005? Yep. In, in those years, was Krakoa mentioned again? Yes. Okay, then it could be any Krakoan incident. Yeah, but I think also the three of these, these three X-Men specifically all have firsthand knowledge of the Krakoa incident. So I think when Kurt's saying that, he's talking about the one that brings them all together, right? Mm. And wait, 
was Beast? Beast was was, one of the was in Krakoa. Yeah, he was, was trapped there. Right. And then Wolverine and Nightcrawler were brought to right. save them. Okay. So. And so on the next page, we see, you know, this. The Krakoa incident. Right. Where he just opens up his memories, what he experienced and shares with Moira, the, the final thoughts that he has of his original X-Men as they're battling this island monster. I really love um, the way that this page is done where the top panel has them sitting in like her kitchen, in Moira's kitchen, and Xavier's like putting about to put his hands on Moira's head. And then there's these images of them, of, you know, the X-Men fighting and on Krakoa, but they kind of have like blurred edges. And then right at the, you know, two-thirds of the way down, just in a small box is is Moira's like face and she's just like god like she's seeing all of this and we're getting like right. well, sort of like the picture in picture in her mind these are almost like she's experiencing memories that are not her own and she's feeling them with the same salient saliency that professor Xavier felt them because he had that mental connection mm. okay so we're just we're continuing with this fight and i just think it's kind of funny that angels just being attacked by a bunch of little birds and yeah but we're just we're just seeing basically krakoa just like take them down down. and moira is reacting and she's very upset and are you sure they're not dead charles charles Charles. are you sure they're not dead charles i need your students i'm afraid there's no good way to put this dun 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 and now, boom, back in the present day. Right, so Rachel. I feel like that's, that's really the first time that we're like, hey, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah. You know, You're like, that, hmm. And that cover really gave it. Yeah, some, gave, some it's definitely solid. like you go back after you read these six and then you look at those covers and yeah, you're like, you were telling me the whole time. Right. So, okay, so now we're back in this basement with Scott and Rachel and they both like look like they're recovering or they're waking up from taking a little bit of a beating and they're trying to figure out, um, she says, I'm still getting pieces from when I was in his head. He didn't used to be this powerful. Something happened to bump him up way past Omega level, but he's not ready yet. Yeah, like he doesn't so there, know how to control his power. Yeah. That he has access to. And he's finally started making mistakes. And I just love the art in that moment. She's like, you see this frantic panic in her face. And then when it gets to that panel, she just looks like Determined. powerful and she's ready. Right. Yeah. Like he's making mistakes and I'm going to get him now. strike. So then they go upstairs and finally recognizes this area yeah he's been here here, but he doesn't quite remember what it is yet i don't think he just is like ah yes i have a sense of being here i'm not sure but i just i know i've been here before a long time ago and rachel's last comment on this page because he thinks he used to be one of the x-men I love the way she says that. He thinks he used to be one of the X-Men. Yeah. Because if Scott doesn't remember him right. and Scott's like, oh, gee, then he can't possibly be. How are you going to be an X-Men? I've been on every X-Men team, son. I know all the teams. All right. So I then. I study that stuff. I study it. So now we're back. We're back watching the tape. And I guess we're seeing this the training mm-hmm. of these. And this is more so. Their trainings that Xavier has created for them to harness their powers. So 
they're in this separate facility with Moira working on accessing and maintaining control over their abilities. And these training exercises were devised by Xavier. So, yeah, so they're all training in their different ways. And he's just really impressed with the different ways that they're able to respond. You know, Darwin, the evolving boy especially, and how he's able to resist all this firepower. And and some of the exact quotes that were in his initial backup story of, you know, you put him in darkness and he learns to see in it. You put him underwater and he grows gills, functioning gills. Honestly, Darwin is like a really amazing mutant. Right. The fact that he can just adapt to, who's the other one? It's not. Husk. Husk, kind of. yeah. Which is, I think, less so. Yeah, I feel like Darwin has more ability in that sense where it's it's less it's just like the way they describe it too like he's like a mutating mutant like his mutation constantly changes and that is pretty cool yeah and finally there was the lad who called himself kid vulcan kid vulcan and look at that there's a reference to how he got his name from mythology and then it's interesting because you now you see his face and you're like okay there's the mystery mutant and we've been introduced at the end of issues one two and three to the other three but we haven't been introduced to number four dark secret the dark the the mystery mutant is as i've been referring to him so then he's testing out his powers energy manipulation Vulcan, the Roman god of fire, mm. and his and also his real name is Gabriel, which is like Gabriel is also like a uh, biblical name. So that's just you know more interesting information. Yeah. So they're still seeing this video, and so this is what I'm wondering. Okay, I don't remember this. Let me look back. What was I thinking? This man I loved was asking me to let these kids risk their lives. The same as he did with his own students. And all I could say was, it's up to them. Right. And so then we're seeing him kind of give these kids this this situation. Welcome to the big leagues. Hey, y'all. You've been training over here at the Paw Sox, but you get to call up to the Red Sox. It's a little Rhode Island. Oh, the oh, Paw no, Sox are Paw leaving Sox are Rhode Island. Woo Sox or whatever. Just stop it. Garbage. Garbage. I hate baseball. Whatever. Sports. Could okay. dangerous. So, yeah, so he's he's basically saying, like, we need you to do this. And it kind of seems to me like Xavier is saying, if you succeed in this mission, you're going to be an X-Men. And it's like Vulcan, a.k.a. Gabriel, is like, nah, if we do this mission, we're X-Men. Wait, yeah, yeah. Are you asking us, would this make us X-Men? Yes, you would be. We'll do it. Of course we'll do it. He's so excited. This is what he's wanted. Yeah. You know, this is why he's here. Mm-hmm. And then he says, the problem was that time was in short supply. So once he got them to the Institute, Charles decided to be experimental with his crash course. Right. And so this is, you know, the first time that Charles has approached training mutants in this way. And he literally is slowing down time in their minds so that what is only a few days, I believe, feels like weeks, feels like time to actually train and compete and then learn how to work off of each other. Yeah, and it's like, so we saw in Giant Size, when he went to to rescue Nightcrawler, that was that reference to this thing where he can freeze the people around 
and mm-hmm. he can he can kind of stop time except for the people he wants. But this is this the first time we're seeing him do this kind of slowing down time with his power? Uh, especially at I, you know I don't I don't know you exactly. don't know for sure, but yeah, it's just an interesting kind of other layer because I don't know it feels a little bit like a stretch. I mean, you're he's slowing down the experiences of their mind. Right, he's creating. So they're not physically training; it's just in their minds that they're Correct. training. Okay. And their uh, uniforms are like the OG, OG uniforms, which is kind of cool. Um. So yeah. So and they're Moira's training. Already upset. She's already not. Yeah, she's like, "What the heck are you, you doing? Are you Why doing are you doing this? this? You sound like Eric now. He isn't wrong about everything." Dun dun yeah. dun. These children, all mutant children, are the future Moira. And if I can mold them into good people, good examples for the ones that come after them. And what if they don't want to be examples? Right. She, she's, she connects with these people as people, whereas Charles sees them as a means to an end. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. Jerk. And that's what I'm saying. No, I, I, I'm, I'm you, done with you, Charles Xavier. Nah, you can't be done with Charles Xavier. He's, I'm he's out. I'm out yeah. on Charles. He's everywhere. I'm not completely out on Charles, but I'm way more Team Magneto now. Hey, At least got... Magneto doesn't like he uses it. Well, yeah, I don't. Okay, <laughs> take it back. Take it back. Take it back. Um. All right. So then, I mean, he's, he's at least upfront about his. his yeah, yeah. His he's not hiding it. Right. He's like, I'm using you. You're not manipulating people in that way. So then we get to this this next page, and he is telling them about his suits. When their suits that they have for them, like their uniforms or whatever. Mm-hmm. I wrote in my notes, where have I heard this before? And then I listened to our giant size episode yeah. and I was like, oh yeah, this is where I heard this before. He's exactly doing the same exact thing that he does with the giant size team where he's like, oh yeah, we made these suits for you and they're from Reed Richards formula and ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. So now it's time. Let's get down to business. Let's get in this jet. Let's get it going. Yeah, but before they get in the jet, Charles took Kid Vulcan aside to go over the details of the mission one last time. I thought while I fretted over the others, but they couldn't have been more proud. They were X-Men now. Yeah. And Moira is now we're back at the video and... Yeah, then they I were wonder f- how much of this is is being seen through the video is she describing and we're seeing it because of comics and yeah medium? it seems like we're not really seeing it in the video right. like the video is just kind of just like a her, testimonial and right. she's talking and then the beauty of comics is like here we'll show you that we'll show you what it looks like so then moira says then they were gone flying away to some island in the middle of the ocean on a fool's errand and you're like wait what they're sending them so okay so now you're like real this is where if you weren't unsure before you're really like okay they're sending them to Krakoa. Yeah. And then Logan even says on the next page why the hell haven't we ever heard of this other team? Right. Like what? What what? And so we're back with Rachel and Scott as we find exactly where we are. Wait, the- I love the just in the bottom panels is Logan says that and then Nightcrawler is just like no, Logan, the real question is what happened to them? Hmm. You know, like not only like I feel like Logan's coming at it like, why are we second string? And like Nightcrawler's well, also, coming at it like, yeah, yeah, but where'd they go? Hmm. I mean, why haven't we heard about them? Well, because uh, something, something <laughs> so we, we find out where exactly Scott and Rachel have been. Muir McTaggart Research and Development. 
So this is a second facility. This is the facility where Charles was training Moira's students. This is where Moira had her students. Mm-hmm. And so Moira lives on Muir Island. She has a research facility there. And then you have the Westchester. Yes. Xavier and the Manson. students, I don't think, I think we might have missed this part, but the students that are there basically are getting to live and experiment with their mutant powers in exchange for her researching Research them. Yeah, yeah. She, so, she's not training soldiers. No. And, and that was kind of like how she approached them. Like, hey. always been her goal for mutants and, and less so of being like the poster children for human and mutant cohesion. Mm-hmm. Damn it. Why can't I remember? Scott's really upset. Yeah. And then there's this little voice off the page that says, because he didn't want you to, Scott. Oh, snap. Look at that. It's kid. It's the Vulcan. It's kid Vulcan. Yeah. And that the fact that this is now the first time that we're revealing what he's been wearing. Has he been wearing this costume the entire time, this uniform the entire time? I think so. Yeah, totally. I mean, you definitely see hints of it. You never see the X belt right. before now. And his hood's been on a bunch. What the hell are you saying? I'm saying your mentor, old Charles Xavier, didn't want you to know he'd sacrificed your own long lost brother to save you. So he messed with your head, big brother, like he's done to so many others so many times. Wait, so my my notes at this point, I was like, brother? Yeah. And then I wrote the other brother because when we were doing X-Men number one, yep. like the new one, you were, I was like, who's that guy way in the back? That's and, one of the main reasons why we're doing this. Yeah. And you were like, yeah, he, that's, that's Vulcan. That's Vulcan. Uh, he's the other brother. He's the other brother and he's got some He's got some issues. issues. And we get to see a little bit of those issues in the backup story, Kid Vulcan. And here he is. And so basically, Kid Vulcan just like wakes up and he is a slave to these people and he doesn't know what's going on. And Mm -hmm. then there's just this one woman who takes care of him and she gives him this book of ancient Roman myths. And that's kind of where he gets his name from. And then... These are all repressed memories, right? We're kind of going back and forth between now these memories themselves and him talking with Moira. Yes, Moira's trying to help him access access his memories and like re-figure out his past and then he basically accidentally kills his one friend in this place where he's held captive and you know just i think what is he He like runs away from that place and then ends up getting arrested and then moira comes to his rescue and then he meets charles before the others meet charles right So Moira introduces him to Charles first and he like learns about the X-Men and sees videos of them and Xavier's specifically interested in him and it's like, well, why is Xavier specifically interested in him? Cerebral structure. Look at that. We just got from, I think that's what it is. They don't explicitly say it, but right when that memory. Yeah, it's totally what it is. That's, I mean, why else would they have that memory of Corsair there? It doesn't really serve any other purpose unless you're like, oh. Well, also because it's Havoc, you know, and and Havoc's the only one that had seen it. Mm -hmm. But now we get a sparring match between Kid Vulcan and Cyclops. Yeah, so he basically is like, oh, yeah, I'm interested in you and I want you to, you know, train. And at first he doesn't tell him 
that they're brothers. He didn't tell them at all. He never tells them. He never tells them. So how does Vulcan know then? Maybe that's what he had told them when he pulled them aside. Maybe. But you can see in that last page that this is what he's dreamt of, to be an X-Man. Yeah, this is what he wants. This is what he wants. Issue five. Oh, we're getting closer, folks. Third Summer's Brother Unleashed. Okay, so you don't know that it has always been like a, who's the third Summer's Brother? There was a period of time where they thought it was Adam X to the extreme. So they knew that there was a third brother. They just didn't know. There was a third Summer's Brother that, that Scott and Alex weren't the only Summers. And there was the potential that it could have been Gambit at one point. Uh, because of energy and because of just mm. his unknown past. Gambit. Okay, this cover, I'm like standing over Cyclops' like torn up suit, basically dead body looking, and Vulcan's just like, yeah, that's right. That's how you lead the X-Men. Ooh, snap. And so now. We're getting a little context. Whoa, back it up. So this is, these are the people who are investigating what was the plane crash. And they're seeing that there was this person hovering above everything that happened. And then you get a glimpse on their computer and spoiler alert, it was Vulcan. I'm guessing this is the guy that the X-Men claimed hijacked their jet. So then they can pick up because he's Omega Plus, they can pick up his energy signature. So they send a Sentinel after him. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's basically doing his evil villain speech to Scott and Rachel and, you know, explaining. Evil villain slash, you know, tormented youth. Yeah, I just mean, I mean more evil villain speech because he's standing there monologuing and then the hero and then a sentinel shows up and like, you know gets in his way yeah well tries to at least yeah tries to this sentinel is literally zero match for vulcan which is kind of amazing because you don't see many mutants that can just take out a sentinel like that quick and he just goes hard on this sentinel and just completely destroys it and you know they're like scott and rachel are like there's a person in there and he just he does not care at all no he does not care at all and he even goes as far as to like take the sentinel down and then the guy who's powering the sentinel or controlling the sentinel starts to get get out of the sentinel to be like hey and he just zaps him he's like nah not today right so then cyclops and vulcan they go at it they're fighting and this like creepy dead body of the sentinel operator in the background yeah so he's using this as a way for professor xavier to find them yeah he, he wants, wants this to call out xavier because he wants revenge yeah because he wants to know where xavier is and that's like what he was looking for in rachel's mind he was trying to find xavier mm-hmm. through connecting mentally with all the other mutants and that's something that beast points out i think it was beast and he's like or it was Beast or Nightcrawler that was like, I could sense Rachel like trying to connect with my mind and in an earlier issue, but that was actually Vulcan trying to scan all their minds to be looking for clues as to where the professor is. Vulcan manipulating Rachel's power. Yes, which is crazy. I mean, he's Omega Plus, but... Yeah, well, whatever that means. Oh, no. And we, mis- we see a mysterious figure at a bar in Wales. And there's... 
the news is on. Yeah, so this report that had been found is now out publicly. I want to settle up my tab. Eh, keep the change. I probably won't be needing it because there's an omega-level mutant that wants to kill me. Wah, wah. And even the team is watching the news back at the mansion. Yeah, and this and is And they actually, see what's going on. This looks like the fight between... How could they... See? Yeah, how do they see that? Does the Sentinel, like, record what's happening? Like, how can they see the fight between? And Wolverine says... Kind of hot water we've been in with the government this week already. We don't need to be jumping into this without thinking. So basically, they're like, we need to go. We need to go get that guy. We need to see what's going on. We need to save Scott. Wolverine's like, can we just like take it one step at a time? Like, we don't have a plane. But Rachel comes to them. Wait, but Emma, Emma says, Emma like has a moment when they're watching. Mm the the thing and she says i that face i've seen this person before but i i can't i don't remember when and that's just interesting because gets resolved like, at the end of the issue what yeah but it's just interesting that it's more than scott who kind of knows right. who he is right and we have no idea why emma would at this point and then rachel i know where he's taking scott and i know what he's planning yeah, so Rachel, so basically while they were fighting, Scott was like, I got this, go get the rest of the team. Yep. So now Rachel has come to get the rest of the team. Yeah, and Scott and Gabriel are on Muir Island. Firsties. they are looking, waiting for Professor X. Waiting. And you claim you're an X-Man? You disgust me. Yeah, because he's, he's saying he killed Banshee. Yeah, and he did, yeah. And... Cyclops is not having it. Yeah. I don't believe You could it. never be my brother. Why do you doubt it? You remembered Moira's lab, didn't you? I don't believe it. Then ask him yourself. Scott, thank God you're all right. Professor, you're you're walking again? Yeah. This moment blew yeah. my mind. Yeah. And I still, like, I don't think I knew that this, I, I mean, I didn't know this. I didn't know this at all. What? That he's walking because he doesn't have powers anymore right what m day took his powers looks like it seems like it oh is that an as we can assume (laughs) how dare you guess you just have to read house of m oh god so many things to read yeah all right so these two are having it out and talking about what's going on charles is trying to get him to calm down like scott like this is don't worry about this yeah what i would be like exactly what scott is saying like what do you mean don't worry about this well i mean xavier is trying to xavier realizes he done messed up Mm. several times and he's just trying to you know calm some energies basically as the rest of the x-men arrive yeah you know him oh hold on i'll tell you more vulcan's like no i will destroy you charles xavier and then Bam! The rest of the team appears. Yeah, and he commands them, do it, the truth. Scott, Alex, I'm so sorry. Gabriel isn't the liar. I am. He really is your brother. It's a complicated story, but what are you doing? Not like this. Show them. Oof. Show them. Oh, and this is when it's like, I can't show you. In some way, Wanda Maximoff gave me back the use of my legs because she wanted to show me what really, what being a real cripple really was. Because I can't use telepathy. 
I'm, I'm not, not a mutant, mutant anymore. anymore. All of their faces. <gasps> what? Colossus's uh, face is probably my favorite. Yeah. To be continued. And then we have. To be concluded with our last Ooh, issue. But we have another What Emma Doesn't Know. A little backup story. I thought this was strange. I don't even. I feel like. Did I already forget what this is? So this is like context on what is the Hellfire Club when it's not just its swanky oh, yeah. in a circle. And Emma's a stripper. Basically, yeah. And she doesn't know that she's a mutant. Correct. And then they're like, nah, you're better than. Charles is like, you're better than this. But I'm at a strip club. And. And. Moira's wearing some weird, like she's just in a corset and she just looks uncomfortable. I mean, this also reminds me of X-Men First Class. Oh, yeah. It totally is. Wow. Ooh, exciting. And this is is what, uh, at least the second or more pull from this that has been in X-Men First Class? Mm -hmm. Darwin. Darwin. Ooh, I'm now, okay, let's watch First Class again. It's like one of my favorites, so let's do it. Okay, yeah, so that's what's happening. She's like, what the heck are you talking about? And then she's like, I'm out. <laughs> and then, well, she says, give me all your damn money. <laughs> give me all your money, old man. It's private enough. Give me all your money, damn it. And she, he talks back to her in her mind. How'd you do that? Yeah, well, because he's like, can we go somewhere private? And she's like, okay, we're doing a private room situation. And he just wants to talk. You're a mutant. And they basically try to recruit her in the same way that they've recruited, or at least Moira's recruited these other students. Mm. But she has no interest in it. Not feeling it. No. And this this back to work from this just not bouncy bouncer. With this like George Washington wig. Yeah. And Vulcan saves her from this madman. This is why she recognizes I him. I think I totally like missed that when I was reading this. But I think this was at the point when I was like, I just got to get to the last issue. So, so, so let me get this straight. Charles and Moira go to a strip club to they get leave, Emma. And they leave the child in the they car. Leave, they bring Vulcan, but they leave him in the car while they go in the strip club. Just to, And then they're like, oh, save us. Good Lord. So then... Last but not least. She decides to go, and that's that. And it seems as though Charles wipes the entire experience from her mind. Yep. Wipe, wipe, wipe. Rude. You can't. You don't just get to pick and choose what people remember, Charles. Yeah, it sounds like he does. <clears throat> okay, uh, issue six. Here we go. Bam, bam, bam. Number six in that, that cover, you know, we see our X-Men, we see what look like some graves. Yes, interesting. Some graves, and then we've got Rachel, Colossus, Cyclops, and Wolverine. And Professor X just like with his head in his hand. Yeah, and we're back on Muir Island. We're back on this confrontation. Charles is just a homo sapien now. Picking it right up where we left off. You're just a human. No wonder they couldn't find you. Vulcan's like upset. Well, yeah, because he wants, like, he's not getting the the justice that he wanted. He yeah. wanted to share not just the details but the experiences that he had to go through at charles's teaching yeah you're gonna fix this oh the hell i am marvel girl marvel girl yeah so she is now going to dive into his mind potentially she's gonna basically vulcan is like you gotta you gotta show them and in the last issue and he's like i can't show them and so she He's like, all right, I'm going to use you 
you're yep. going to show them. And so we see on Krakoa this team of four as they start to attack. You know, I, I just, I think it's ridiculous to think that you sent seven people who had trained together for years and they got defeated. And so you take four noobs that have trained together for a day, maybe a couple weeks in their minds, and you think that that's, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I guess he thinks that they have the. Because of their power set? Well, no, but they also have the information. Like, they know. The first time they went to Krakoa, they, were blind, they yeah. didn't know what was going to happen. And at least this time they have a bit of an expectation but it's the same it's the same thing i was saying with giant size like in in giant size he didn't even give them like he didn't even give them extended mind training he was just like go for it y'all save my kids right and so they make their way into krakoa they find cyclops where he's trapped up in the vines getting his mutant energy sapped by the krakoan island I love that this this panel right before that where Sway is like using her power to kind of replay the ba- the battle that happened beforehand, like the original team's battle. Mm-hmm. So they kind of know what was going on. And where to go. And where to go. And then they find Cyclops. And they struggle to release him, to get him free. And it seems like he's the only one that they find too. I don't see any of the other ones. So I don't know. If- right, because they're all inside. Right. I think at this moment... I wrote in my notes like, ha ha, Scott, you didn't get off that island on your own. Krakoa didn't just let you go. Well, and also, like, he never said that he did. He wakes up on the strato. Right. I know. But I'm just. You just always want to poop on Scott? Poo poo on you, Cyclops. Yeah. So they're, they're essentially, like, rescuing him. And we can see, I like these little side bubbles. Xavier and Rachel. Yeah, they're like having a conversation. So actually, Vulcan is telling his story through Rachel's mind also with Professor. So they're like also... Mind linked together, yeah. Mind linked, but they're like, hey, he can't reach us over here. Let's have a side conversation in this part of well, the brain. because Rachel's an extremely powerful telepath, right? Mm-hmm. So she's able to do this. She's been doing things like this all along in Vulcan's mind, being able to access some of the memories that he is not letting her access. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there you go. There's something else, Scott. The professor, he says, what? Well, he says that I'm your brother. I'm a Summers, too. What? Imagine Scott in this moment. He's like, he's just been like being sucked. The the life sucked out of him by this planet. He's like, doesn't know what's going on. It's been days. He doesn't have his powers. These kids show up. They save him. He's all disoriented. And then this kid's like, also, I'm your bro. (laughs) And then, I mean, on the next page, Alex Havoc has a solid point. He's like, hey, wait a minute. You can't be a year young. You couldn't be a year younger than me. That's impossible. Mm. So now we get a little bit of backstory on what happened and what the happened. fact that he was born in space. Yeah, he was born after. So the the story that we all have seen, or at least I have seen, of Scott and Alex's parents as the plane is about to crash, they push them out with the last parachute, the two of them together, but then they're captured. And they're taken prisoner. And guess what? She was pregnant. She with child. She's gonna have a baby. And so it's like they kill them. And then they take this child. And they put him in like this weird stasis pod. Well, they pod. the mom. Right. They don't kill the dad because he's still a thing. He's still a character. But they take the child. And then the child becomes a slave. And then we know... 
We know the story, his story from there. Yeah. On this next page, this Rachel finds Scott's yes. true memories from Kakoa. They're in my mind, not, not his. his. I can't believe you just said that. I know, Scott, but I hope you'll at least understand. And so That's now, when I was like, okay. Rewriting everything. Professor X is a jerk. That's not cool. Like, it's not cool. All right, I'm done being upset about it. So we see the real the real memories, and we see this team, and... We see what actually happened to the four that save him. As what looks like Sway is torn to pieces. Yeah, Kako is just like taking them down. Sway is torn to pieces. They're trying, they're trying, and then Kako just lets out this like massive burst, but it incinerated them. Like they were nothing. I saw it. Saw it kill them. Yeah. He's distraught. And we even see Charles. I used Cerebro to find what I could. It told me that Gene and the rest were still alive, though their energies were weak. But there was no signs of Vulcan and his team. The images Scott had shown me were true. They'd been cut down. I'd gotten them all killed. But let me ask Let me ask this question. No. Why? Yes. Why? Okay, so... You're Xavier, yep. and you're like, okay, I sent Team A into the field, yep. and they didn't make it back. So I send Team B into the field, and then, then Scott makes it back. Mm-hmm. And now I send Team C because I've looked into Cerebro, and I know that Team A is still alive. Team B is dead. We need Team C. Why hide it? Like, what is the purpose of erasing them? Just because Scott's going to know, like, I met my brother real quick and then you killed him? Yeah, I mean, the trauma of what he had gone through, the fact that Xavier also knew that Gabriel was Scott's brother well before. The fact yeah, but who had... are you to decide what kind of trauma people can handle and what, try and co- what kind of Charles trauma they Xavier. can? Xavier! No. My, my will be done. It's messed up. But like, there's not even, I just, I feel like there's not even a good reason. It's not like there's. He had, he had been hiding his brother for him for years as he trained him with Moira. And then Scott knows that he, uh, he's going to have more So he questions. just didn't want to have to answer the didn't questions about the it. brother. So he just, he made this, these whole, these whole four people just disappear. Yep. That's. Well, just from his, just uh, only from Scott's mind. Moira, right, because Scott's next, the only one that knows. Moira, on the next page, right. flipping out on him, she knows well aware what's happened. But even she says, because he says, she says, he says, she says, and what about Scott? How is he going to live with this, knowing his own brother died to save him? And Professor X says, I've decided that's something he doesn't need to know. You've decided? Right. Right. like, But that's the thing. is, like I don't feel like that's... A big enough reason to erase someone's memory. I mean, Moira agrees with you, but Charles don't care. And that's that's really the the story is just the depths that Charles goes to to preserve his dream to to save his students. Yeah, and then the next page that it was it was the island Krakoa. It let me go. Nope. No, this is what I and, wanted you to believe. And even the. The bit about I enhanced Cerebro's power and was finally able to maintain contact with you when you went back there. And I made you all think the island was sentient when it was really just a collection of impulses. So how we know Krakoa now in Hoxpox era where he can't actually speak without the translation of Doug Ramsey. 
the yeah, this is what he actually having, sounded like. Right, the conversation that he'd been having in Giant's Eyes was all a fabrication just Charles. of Charles manipulating, pulling the strings even further. God, you're even more devious than I thought. Right, and so we get to see just exactly happened how Vulcan was able to survive in some way. We get that that shot of Krakoa getting launched into space. Yeah, it's really cool. So. Basically, all of them get blasted by this thing from Krakoa, and then all bits of them, Darwin somehow, like, something about Darwin, like, connects or merges with Vulcan, and he, like, mutates to be able to take in bits of the other mutants, Mm -hmm. and that's why, that's how he, like, enhances his Omega level, because he's essentially the first Chimera. Right? Is yeah. he the first Chimera? Or like he has, because he can now, the the time, like all the ghosts that everyone was seeing and all of that, that's all stuff that he gathered from collecting bits of these other mutants in this explosion from Krakoa. It says, before you realized it, you were down far below the surface in a small cavern her dying efforts created. So basically when Petra died, she like created this cavern that pushed them down into it and Mm -hmm. then you and darwin drained of almost all your power dying surrounded by the remains of your friends and then that's where you were when krakoa was rocketed into space by gene gray at death's door trapped in a chunk of rock and he's like i remember dying and then Rachel says, but you didn't because something about that island affected Darwin and you. Darwin's mutant power was to adapt and survive. And instinctively, he converted himself into pure energy and bonded to you. He kept you alive out there all those years. That's why you were using Petra and Sway's powers without even realizing it. Because Darwin absorbed remnants of them through Kakoa and he's been holding it He's been holding it all together inside you. Yeah, where that that hand in the first issue grabbing the... The ship, that's totally Petra. Right. Right? It's amazing. But it's time he woke up and he releases... She releases Darwin's energies from Vulcan. But then, like, where do they go? Right? Where does all the energy go, beast? Where does it go? We don't know. But now we have an all out. You'll kill him. We fight and just i love it when she says i found his weakness and wolverine's like did you say weakness you said the magic word kiddo and logan tries but can't take him down yeah and it's kitty it's kitty that really disrupts him at the end so this is the x-men now can't believe i wanted to be you and then he's like bye and they're like oh dang he went too fast we couldn't catch him you better take a look at this i think it's alive darwin the energy seems to be reforming into a person and then bam there's darwin lying in a bed slowly regrowing we have our our last few scenes where a funeral for the fallen ah yeah they should have had sway and petra should have had a funeral a long time ago well, we didn't know about him and then scott he's still very disgruntled about this whole thing yeah well and also yeah, this, this doesn't really leave us on a happy note, right? Scott is not only disgruntled, but he tells Charles, you don't belong here. You're yeah. You're not a part of... You're not team. a mutant anymore. Right. Get out. You're not a mutant, but also like, you are messed up, buddy. Yeah. And Vulcan is going, 
for some revenge. So he's got these now refreshed memories from the recounting of his history and from Xavier. And now he's going for Deken. And this actually becomes a next story that follows into Uncanny X-Men of this era. So is this when... So this is why Cyclops is now in charge of the school. Because Charles is no longer a mutant. Uh, there's there's a couple of things that happen in between those those two points. But that is that is another piece on the line of activity. But when does Charles get his mutant powers back? Not in this miniseries. What do you think of this miniseries? I liked it i enjoyed it it was a like easy quick read it felt more like i was more invested because i think i read all six issues so it felt a little bit more like a book like it was like going and going and going Hmm. had uh mystery it had mystery it had me like wanting to know and also you kind of know and i think just you know to my credit introduced (laughs) some things that kind of gave you at least some Yes, for sure, for sure, for sure. The giant size thing and some other stuff. Even Vulcan being introduced in X-Men number one. Yes. Yeah, it was fun to like put all the little pieces together. I liked the slow unveiling of this mystery mutant and what was going on. I had never read this up until maybe about a month or two ago when I was thinking about this as a second retcon Wrangler episode. I knew the story. I knew what had happened, but I had never actually read the issues. I Mm. I have issue one as a hard copy, but I don't have the full miniseries. Yeah. I mean, I think it was good. This this is a retcon. I feel like... It's know, for sure. For for sure a this retcon. This changes how you see people. This changes how you see events. This changes that I'm not a fan of Charles Xavier now. Yeah. Well, it doesn't change that. It changes my view of Charles Xavier. Not into it. Maybe changes your view of Cyclops a little? Not really. Okay. I'll get there. Is I mean, I feel bad for Cyclops in this situation. I have long-term goals. One is to ruin Charles Xavier, and the other is to build up Scott Summers. Well, you've definitely, you're succeeding on ruining Charles Xavier, because I told you I'm plan. out on him. I don't enjoy the idea of someone else deciding what someone else can handle, or like, Well, I mean, don't pick and choose what memories I remember. Don't, don't, if I... If, if I'm having a conversation with you or if I'm like, Charles, I can't take it. Please erase it from my mind. But mm-hmm. don't you decide. Don't you Morty's, decide for me. Morty's mind blowers. Don't you decide for me. I just feel like that's terrible and wrong. And So I think this, you know, this as a story brings up a couple of points. But it also asks the question of, you know, Charles is maintaining the men, the memories of each mutant in Cerebro, as they get brought back, right, right, and that's what, what I was say. saying when we when we were reading it. I'm pretty sure I was like, so can he pick and choose what memories you get back? Sure, and that's messed up. Yep, it's like Charles is now in charge. <laughs> he was always in charge, <laughs> but like Charles in charge of our minds and our lives. <laughs> I don't know. I just, mm, mm. yeah. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I actually did really like the way that we were able to go through this together back and forth and kind of go through the issues and... Mm-hmm. Not just and, me explaining you. Yeah. Like, what? And, and, I feel like there was, no other, there was no other way. We had initially talked about, you know, maybe I'll have you read the first three issues and then we'll do an episode yeah. about the... No, I think this was the right way to do it. it yeah. This is going to be a long episode. Yeah. Though. Thanks for, you know, I hope you had a snack while you were <laughs> listening. Maybe a two-parter. Who knows? Ooh. Um, yeah, well, 
what did you think overall? Like, I mean, you just kind of talked about it, but I really enjoyed this. I mean, I, like I said, I only knew of this story. So even reading through the first couple of issues, I didn't, I didn't know all these details. I didn't know the, the level that he, Charles manipulated their memories or manipulated their understandings of how to, how they experience those events, how they interacted with Krakoa, how that impacts how Krakoa interacts with people now. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like that adds depth to his character. It adds depth to the story. It just yeah. Fills I, out I mean, that I, moment in time. I still want a Krakoa timeline because now at this point, Krakoa was blasted into space by Gene. So. Which I'm not sure. I think it was a combination of Gene and Polaris in Giant Size. I think I might have read something. That yeah, they was a, t- did it together. Right. Yeah. And here it lists Gene. But I think it was it was the two of them working in tandem. Crazy. Yeah, because you said, you you mentioned how that was kind of, I thought it, no, that was something that Storm and Polaris did. That you said it, it was this idea of, of powers working together. Right, so Storm supercharged Polaris's powers. She cut to the core to separate Krakoa from the Earth, and then the two, Gene and Polaris, threw him to the skies. Chuck it. Later. Yeah, I mean, good stuff, good stuff. It's definitely leading me to have more questions about things. Maybe and some people. more answers, at least. Maybe, yeah. And I liked getting to know Rachel. That yeah. was cool. Yeah, she's cool. Well, until next time, old friend. Charles, you're terrible. You're just a bad little man. You're bad, Charles. The worst. Bad. Go away. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan. 